When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Twenty-four. The place is the radio. The entity is the other side of midnight. If you were listening last hour, you heard the crowning of uh, this week's listener of the week. Our first ever couple, Tom and Janice. But they are the last or the latest in a long series of listeners of the week. David in the Bronx, Neil from Staten Island, Ellen Metzger, Jeff Schilling, Joe from Ronkonkoma, Igor from New Jersey, Brandon from New Jersey, Anonymous, Lisa in Connecticut, Neil in Baltimore, Frankie in Glendale, Mike in New Jersey, David Ball, Original Rick, and Mike in New Rochelle. I have asked each of the previous listeners of the week to vote on the best of the year 2023. On this program, or and maybe even the worst, one, two, three, four, five, six. In order to try and diversify, we the how the voting process and how it went. There are six categories where basically I picked the nominees based on number of podcast listens. For instance, for the uh, nominees for the uh, best show contributor, I took everybody that's been on the show at least five times in the last calendar year and took those that had the most listens. And for the most interesting guest, I took the um, 16, 17, 18 people that had just the most listened to podcast interviews. And I reached out to our panel of listeners of the week and ask them to vote. Some didn't submit a ballot because they're busy with other things right now. Frankie and Glendale, for instance. Some just didn't submit a ballot, like Neil in Baltimore. Others had some visual issues like um, like David in the Bronx and weren't able to deal with that amount of text. So we've done the best that we can with all of the remaining people voting because everybody else pretty much did. And here we are with this week's presentation or this year's 
technically last year's. Last year's presentation of the Frankies. Our first category deals with people that contribute to the show regularly. People that are on maybe on a weekly basis, maybe on a bi-weekly basis, maybe on a daily basis, maybe on a semi-monthly basis, and uh, many, many different nominees here. I'm not going to read all of the nominees because it's a very competitive category. This was actually our closest category. Um... And this actually was, I think, one of the few where the ranked choice voting result was different from the first past the post result. But um, the winner of Best Show Contributor for 2023 was Steve Cates, a.k.a. Dr. Sky. Uh, Congratulations, Steve Cates, a.k.a. Dr. Sky. Uh, here he was saying a few words about accepting the Frankie. Good morning, Frank, and Happy New Year to you and all the great listeners of Talk Radio 77 mm-hmm. WEBC. It's such a privilege and honor to be selected for this Frankie Award as a contributor here to your great radio show and our cosmic conversations that we do, well, twice a month here on your show, The Other Side of Midnight. But equally important, I wanted to thank John Katsimatidis and Margot Katsimatidis for having the confidence in having the Dr. Sky brand here on WABC. But above all, to all the listeners of this great radio show and this great station and all the stations that are hearing it around the nation, my simple pledge as I humbly accept this Frankie Award is to give you the best information possible from the great realms of astronomy, space, aviation and weather, and so much more as we move rapidly into 2024. The big event that we'll be talking about is this great total solar eclipse, an amazing event not to miss. And what do we always say? Always remember to keep your eyes to the skies as humbly accepting this award. I'm your navigator on the highway to the heavens where there are no tolls on this great road as we explore the heavens. Thank you so much to you and the listeners of this great radio. Now, you see why this man it was the contributor of the year? I think that you guys were... Yeah, I mean, look, it was a tough, tough category. A lot of people were were uh, very competitive in that category. But that is, that's Dr. Sky. I mean, what a voice. Where do you find a voice like that? Amazing. So congratulations to our first Frankie recipient, Dr. Sky, Steve Cates. This is sort of a bittersweet category, but a number of you have made note of the turnover that we've had on this program in terms of staff, and obviously it's because I'm such a, an awful person to work with. And uh, the fellas that are still the few remaining staffers on our program can attest to that. But we've lost a lot of staff members this year, so I asked the folks to vote out of all the staff members that we've lost this past year. Who was our most missed staff member? This one was almost unanimous. There was one, well, I don't want to say, I don't want to embarrass anybody else. But there was, there were only two first-choice votes for other people other than the person that won. Um, so overwhelmingly, this was not close at all, the recipient of the Frankie for most missed staff member is Kenneth, Kenneth Connolly. My fellow other side of Midnighters. I want to thank each and every one of you for nominating me for this Best Staffer of 2023 Frankie Award, in which I had no idea I was a nominee for, 
But nonetheless, this is a great honor. I'd like to thank all of the fans of the show who voted for me, the likes of which I'm sure included the Joe from Ronkonkomas of the world, the Neils from Staten Island of the world, and if the Murano fans and haters members were involved in the voting process as well, I'm sure the Ellens of the world made this possible. I'd also like to quickly thank Alexander Graham Bell, or for my paisans out there, Antonio Maiucci, for creating the telephone and making a portion of my job on Frank's show possible. While I'm not there to receive this award, I hope that it comes in the form of cash from Frankie's wallet. Shout out to Matty Blaze as well. Thank you, and I love you all. Oh, you know, that's nice. Had he been that witty when he worked here, who knows? He may still be here. Uh, congratulations to you, Kenneth, on the uh, on the Frankie Award. All right. He was brilliant, what he just said. <laughs> Right. Oh my God! This is another okay. one that was in the uh, in the same vein. Uh, I was not surprised at this one. This one was somewhat competitive, but uh, the uh, this was the category of former feature, and uh, there were the nominees. There were a lot of nominees for this one. You had the phrase that pays. You had the uh, stump Frank. You had the other side of Governor's Island. You had uh, the AC report, and you had ultimately what won overwhelmingly, which was the $1,000 minute. Uh, again, not overwhelmingly, because this was a little closer than the previous category, but still very decisive. Uh, apparently the feature that is most missed, and the, the Frankie goes to the $1,000 minute. We miss you in Radio Heaven, wherever you are, $1,000 minute. Will you be revitalized? Who knows? One never knows. We'll see. All right. This is a very competitive category. This, quite simply, was most interesting guest. So we took the 16, 17, 18 interviews that had the most listeners, right? Um, George Santos, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Douglas McGregor, Marianne Pizzatola, Brian Tui, Tom Likas, Gerald Salenti, Dave Slinky Bender, Jill Exher, Bill Burns, Ralph Nader, Isaac Saul, Jesse Ventura, Elliot Gordon, George Beebe, Malachi McCourt, William Shatner, and Barbara Felden. And this was very competitive in a very tough category. But the 2023 Frankie Award for Most Interesting Guest goes to... George Santos, former congressman, now disgraced former congressman, George Santos, who uh, is accepting this Frankie Award on his own behalf. Hey, Frankie, this is George Santos, and I am so thankful for the Frankie Award this year. Look, I got to say, I don't swing to ever lose but I wasn't seeing on that very almost last-minute addition to my interviews of the year in getting this awesome award. So I want to thank you and your listeners. And if you're not listening to Frankie Morano on the other side of midnight, you are not getting the full story. Bye-bye. There's nothing like having George Santos vouch for your credibility as telling the full story. Uh, unfortunately, it was very nice of George to say that, but unfortunately that cost us $1,000 in a cameo fee, number one. And uh, number two, now that George Santos has endorsed my abilities as uh, someone that's able to tell the full story, unfortunately, now we've been canceled. So this might be our, no, I'm just joking about that last part, but who knows? Now that we, we've been, he's publicly endorsed us, that might be the case. All right, this was, um, this was a, a mildly uh, competitive category as well, which was best fill-in host. You had uh, the nominees being Anthony Weiner, 
Anthony Weiner and Dominic Carter as a duo. Dominic Carter and Curtis Lewa. And uh, what will probably not be a surprise, uh, the winner in this category was, for best fill-in host, super sub, as it were, Curtis Lewa. Best fill-in host? Really? I should be the best host. Why was I downgraded from best host category? The best fill-in host category. I consider that a personal insult. <laughs> there you go. Very gracious, as always, uh, Curtis, Curtis Lee. There. All right. What can you say? What can you say about Curtis Lee? Well, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's done so much for so many different uh, charitable organizations over the years. I mean, uh, he's raised money for the um, the, the Polish community. Um, he's really, you know, he's done a lot for uh, a lot of Italian charities over the years, except in the case of um, five families that are always, for some reason, trying to kill him. But, um, you know, Curtis Lee, he's always there when you need him, always there when you don't need him. Also done a lot for the Irish as well, just by not being one. Thank you. All right. Um, all right. This was a kind of a sad category because this had to do with people that uh, that passed away last calendar of the year that have been on this show before and uh, that have passed away this year is pretty much it. Best posthumous guest and contributor. Very tough. Other than the best show contributor, this was our most competitive category in the ranked choice voting area. The winner, though, was the one and only Pat Cooper. Here, here's a clip before we give uh, give you a little bit of Pat's acceptance speech. Here's a clip of um, one of my previous interviews with Pat Cooper over the years. You know, I announced last week that I was going to have you on the radio this week or try to have you on the radio. And I asked callers what I should bring up with you. And the number one suggestion that I said I would bring up was uh, the, the debate between sauce and gravy, the red stuff that you put on your pasta, is it sauce or is it gravy? What's the difference? You know, that's the, that's the easiest question in the world. <laughs> All right? Gravy is with the meatballs and the, and the pork and the chambot. You put everything in there. All right? <laughs> sauce is when you make it like a marinara. That's exactly what I said. With that's basil, a- with a little basil in there. Nice, maybe a little bit of uh, garlic. Nice. But the other one is a jambot. It's like pushing a truck. <laughs> when the guy says, you know, uh, I want a, a nice marinara sauce, you don't have meatballs, you don't have pork. You can have a chicken cacciatore sauce, that's another sauce. Pat, but when the- they start to make, see, only Italians <laughs> fight over sauce. <laughs> the country's going to the toilet, and we're going, what kind of sauce did your mother make? <laughs> then if they didn't like what the mother made, so well, she's not a real Italian. She was born there. What is she, a fake? <laughs> I love Pat Cooper. How do you put anybody in a category with uh, with Pat Cooper? Um, so there you go. Pat Cooper, congratulations. Accepting the award on Pat's behalf is his widow, Emily Connor. Frank, hi. This is Emily Connor Cooper. I just received your message, and this is such a nice thing. I'm, I'm just now finding out that your listeners voted Pat um, as their favorite posthumous uh, guest for 2023. That's really quite an honor. I'm sure he would be thrilled to know that. 
And um, it's just a really nice thing. And, of course, we lost our friend Shecky Green two days ago, so that's very sad. Um, we lost some good ones this year. But uh, Pat Cooper was certainly special, and he uh, he certainly would have been proud of this. So I really appreciate it, and hopefully uh, we can chat again soon, okay? Take care, and Happy New Year, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. Congratulations to Pat Cooper, who we sincerely do miss, and uh, they are going to be ended up doing something, a memorial to him. In the uh, in in this coming calendar year now, okay. So that ends the basically rank choice voting portion of our program. The next one, um, two, three, four, five categories. Basically, I asked listeners to write in. No choices. They had to write in what they thought was the most fitting description in any of these categories. Now, a couple of things are wrong with this system, and this is why we're going to have to revise this next year. One, in the absence of any choice, the things that people came up with were very, very diverse. So it actually, every single one of these categories, almost everybody picked something different. The only thing in each one of these, all of these were either... Two votes or three votes. Nothing got more than two or three votes because all these folks filled in something different. The other thing, the other problem is a lot of folks picked moments that were not in the year 2023, which were very apt, very adequate for each of these categories, but they didn't necessarily fit the 2023 calendar year. All right. The funniest moment of 2023... I am not going to play the clip because it's, quite frankly, too embarrassing. But it was, um, there were a lot of strong contenders for this one. Um, One person said, my telling the story about the Marconi Awards being at the same table as Curtis Lee when Dominic Carter, uh, telling the story about vomiting in in France. By the way, I noticed there's a lot of love for these vomiting stories. I had no idea that vomit was such a moving radio subject. But apparently it is. They keep bringing this up category after category. Uh, there's some love for Obi Murray in that category. Uh, running out of gas in various forms was mentioned a couple of times. But the only one that was mentioned by multiple people for the year 2023 of funniest moment on the show was my singing of the Oscar Meyer song, which I am absolutely not going to sing again but there we go i will accept this frankie on our own behalf all right (laughs) similarly the worst moment on air for the year 2023 a lot of people had kind of um very funny answers to this one but I like the one person that said any day with mug issues was the worst moment on air but uh, the only one that got mentioned repeatedly was uh, my interview, and I, I think I might agree with this one, was my interview with Bobby Bostick, who had been in prison for many years before being released, and one of the uh, listeners of the week referred to as the former prisoner that kept falling asleep on air during your interview with him. So that was our worst moment on air of the year, my interview with uh, Bobby Bostick. On the subject of um, best Carmine story, uh, actually, there were, this was a very competitive category, actually. There were a couple of people that um, picked stories of him vomiting in the car and me trying to get the smell out. 
But that was not what won. Ultimately, what people found, some people like the eating of cat food, but the uh, best Carmine story that won the Frankie was him very appropriately looking for me because I had to leave early for a work event and repeatedly running around the house yelling Frank. So uh, accepting the Frankie on behalf of Carmine William Morano, (laughs) yours truly. There he is. That's him. He was looking for me. He does call me dad quite frequently. (laughs) All right, okay. All right, penultimately, penultimately, for most memorable moment on air, a lot of good ones here. Uh, someone said, uh, well, I don't want Someone said uh, Alex Bernard's departure. Someone said Andy B's passing. Uh, someone even said Cousin Brucey. But uh, far and away, I'm going to kind of merge these, th- this one, because two people said one, two people said the other, and they are interrelated. So I'm going to kind of combine it w- as one. But uh, what the winner for most memorable moment on air was actually two moments. One was William Shatner inviting me to uh, host the Q&A with him that he did after a screening of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. And the related memorable moment to that was me actually stealing a tissue that he blew his nose in and sneezed into when I got to do that performance. And I still have that tissue to this day. So uh, that's something I will always treasure, but um, I I offered Mr. Shatner the opportunity to accept this Frankie, and he chose not to. Well, I mean, he said he was not available. My dear Frank Morano. That's a, he he uh, said that we could play that over and over again as a, a token of his appreciation for for me and uh, and this audience. Hey, this was a, a very interesting one. Uh, this was a, a category suggested by Igor in New Jersey. The moment, uh, some version of this anyway, moment where Frank said a bit too much, probably getting himself in trouble with friends or family. There were, and it leads me to say, it leads me to think maybe I am saying too much on air, because there were about nine different things mentioned, and I'm looking at each one of these, and I can't believe I said any of these things on air. Although, you know, a couple of them are pretty innocuous, but... The only one that was mentioned more than once by more than one listener of the week was, and I, you know, I, honestly, I forgot that I told this story. But when I mentioned how uh, when my wife was out of town and I had a couple over for a football game or something, and how this couple uh, went and proceeded to do a fertility treatment in my office, you know, not anything sexual, but, you know, IVF, I suppose. And uh, I mentioned that on air, and uh, apparently people thought that was my saying a little bit too much. And, you know, probably right. Probably right on that score. All right, that concludes this year's edition of The Frankies. Thank you for everyone that voted. Thank you for everyone that participated. Thank you for everybody that's listened throughout the last year. And who knows? With a little help, maybe next year you too could be part of the jury that decides the Frankies. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Noam Layden in just a bit. 800-848-9222. 
But uh, let me squeeze in a couple of quick calls here because uh, we've had a few folks patiently holding. Jerry is in Edison, New Jersey. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Frank. Uh, going back to that boxing uh, that you were talking about, so I think that you need two things in order to have success in the Navy sports. You need a good feeder system. Think of baseball, little league, and you know, high school football, et cetera. And you have that with MMA. You've got the high school wrestling. Mm. You've got the college wrestling. And you also have people going to all these jujitsu clubs that are opening up all over for the last couple of decades and to the karate clubs, et cetera. And so people understand when their sons fight and go into amateur MMA or professional MMA, there's a wide base of people that say, oh, my brother fought that. Uh, my father did that. My son did that. And, you know, in these in these different places they paid to practice or in high school or college uh, wrestling. So they feel like it's culturally acceptable. They feel they understand sport. Mm. And there's enough people who want to fight at different clubs. Eventually, there are people that want to turn pro. Now, here's the problem with boxing. Boxing used to be and still is a sport where people were all coming out of areas where, you know, they were boxing in places that were free. And it wasn't – one time it was high school, but then Bernie – it was high school back in the 40s, 50s, 60s. There was a feeder system. It was actually high school boxing uh, in a lot of places, and people don't realize that. But what happened is there was a death on TV in 62. Emil Griffin killed Benny Kid Perret, and that sort of slowed down a lot of high school boxing that was still around, and it kind of ended that slowly but surely. Wow. But then, yeah, the next problem that happened is they ruined amateur boxing. Now, this is what they did to amateur boxing that ruined amateur boxing. So people don't want to go to it anymore, don't want to look at it. And you may not realize this is not anywhere near as exciting as it once was. You probably do realize it, but you're just not thinking about it. Here it is. Okay. I want you to think of Mike Tyson and take a pro because we all know that. Mike Tyson fighting Evander Holyfield. I want you to look at that fight. Now, and this is not anything to do with sexual. Now, put shirts on them. Okay, amateur boxers until the through the 70s and 60s did not wear shirts. And this is where globalism came in, believe it or not. The AAU and international AAU had rules where you wear shirts. Okay, so people in America who wanted to amateur boxers, they wanted to get their amateur boxers used to wearing shirts. And because they didn't want to have them uh, not feeling correct in the Olympics and get used to all this. So they started putting into our states into the amateur boxing programs where people were wearing shirts. And when you put shirts on guys, you can't see the same thing of body punches. Mm -hmm. and you can't see the muscles hitting and everything. So just picture Holyfield and Tyson wearing shirts. Then I was at a fight in New York where a guy was killed. Willie Clawson oh. was killed by Wilfred Scipion back mm -hmm. in 1979 in NFL form. Okay. After that happened, they put head guards, started putting head guards on the amateurs. Okay. In New York. And that just sprung all around the country. So picture Holyfield and Tyson now are wearing head guards, okay? And they're wearing shirts, all right? So you can't see the body punches as well. You can't see if they're in good shape or out of shape. You don't see the blows landing as well. Uh, and you, you're just missing something there. And you're also, uh, with the head guard on, you're, you're missing something. It's not the same fight, obviously. And then the next thing is amateur boxing. What really was ruined was Roy Jones' fight. Remember Roy Jones when yep. he lost the gold medal? Hey, uh, Jerry, he I got Noam Laden waiting in the wing, so I have to run. I appreciate the education and uh, and the thoroughness there. Appreciate that. Uh, all right, Ada, Frank and Highlands, I know you've been holding, but you know I was just riveted by, uh, by the Jerry explanation there. Noam Laden joins us for news straight ahead. 
The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. After the hour, we are thrilled to be joined once again uh, by our news director, a man with a nose for news, a man who knows news, a man who uh, I'm proud to call a friend and a colleague. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. From New York City. Side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. The one and only Noam Layden. Hello, Noam. There we go. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. We missed you yesterday. Uh, thank you very much. I missed you. Uh, so much of the talk at the beginning of the year is these New Year's resolutions, right. which are kind of nonsense, right. at least in my uh, thought. But uh, the biggest one, of course, is weight loss. People mm. always think oh, the yeah. beginning of the year is a good time to start losing weight. So I, I kind of researched this a little bit about people who've been successful at this, and I found the ultimate guy who was incredibly successful. His name was Angus Barbieri. Have you ever heard of him? I don't believe I have, no. So very Ang- interested, though. I could use a few pounds lost. Angus was uh, fed up with being overweight. At the age of 27, he weighed 456 pounds and struggled with this intense food addiction. So in June of 1965, he walked into the Royal Infirmary of Dundee in England and told doctors that he wanted to go on a fast, right? Mm-hmm. Because he had heard that fast works. So initially, he planned to go about 40 days, thinking that would uh, jumpstart this idea right. of losing weight. It makes sense. So they initially prescribed the doctors this short fast where he would not eat any solid food. After the 40 days were over, he said, I feel great, and I'm going to keep going. And the doctors didn't tell him not to, but they didn't tell him to, but they said... You can do this, but you have to take multivitamins and stuff like that to compensate for the lack of nutrients you're not going to get by eating. So he agreed to do that. 
Um, but he did not do anything except drink beverages like coffee, tea, and sparkling water. He went into doctors for checkups <laughs> once in a while. He seemed to be okay. Um, because he wasn't eating any solid foods, he reportedly only needed to go to the bathroom once every to 40 to 50 days. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you think how much time you get back not having to go to the bathroom except once every 40 or 50 days. But when it was all said and done, he had lost all... All the weight that he'd wanted to. So he went from 456 pounds at the end of a year to 180 pounds. He broke his fast with a boiled egg and a slice of bread and butter. He told reporters at the time they had forgotten what the taste of food was. Now, his transformation was remarkable. And until he died back in 1990, he kept up all but eight pounds off. Wow. Yeah. So that is really impressive. Yeah. I'm glad that worked for him. I thought for sure it was going to have an unhappy ending. No. That's wonderful. No, he had a great life. In fact, he was recognized by the Guinness Book World Records in 1971 for completing the world's longest fast. Now, they won't do these records anymore because the thought is it encourages people to do dangerous stunts, right. like exceed the amount right. of time that he was fasting. And um, in fact, doctors today will tell you you should never do this. It plays with your heart. People who have gone on long-term fasts, lots of times they've passed away because their heart can't handle not having the nutrients and food go into them. But Angus Barbareri, he was able to do it, losing from 456 pounds to 186 pounds by a 365-day diet. Okay, well, that is impressive. Now, I know we're only, this is January 3rd, but there's still time if you want to start a crazy diet like that. A Russian egg magnet surviving while you, we were gone on break, or some of us anyway, a, an assassination attempt after authorities started investigating him for alleged price fixing. I don't know if you know this, but in Russia, the price of eggs has gone up 50% just in the last three months. Wow. No. Yeah. And they think some of this is price fixing, but they're not completely sure. It was so bad over the Christmas holiday that people actually were gifting other people Christmas gifts of eggs. I love that. I'm an egg fanatic. Oh, are you? I did not know that. So um, prices have not yet been given as a motive, but this egg magnet, uh, Mr. Sheriev, was driving his BMW near his egg factory last week when he's ambushed by a gunman who fired two shots. Both shots missed Mr. Sheriev. He owns this poultry farm. It's one of the biggest ones in Russia. Uh, The authorities have knocked on his door because they've seen this 50% uh, rise in prices just in the last uh, three months, which has angered ordinary Russians, as you might have guessed, because eggs are such a staple of food, not only in Russia, but really the rest of the world. And now it's gone as high as the Kremlin because there's a presidential election coming up, Vladimir Putin up for re-election. I imagine he's going to win, but he wants to show this uh, public display of support on every level, being the local economy or the war in Ukraine. So they have uh, now issued statements uh, initially denying the egg shortage, but saying there is one. So they're buying tons of eggs from overseas and bringing them in to try to bring down the prices of these eggs. My goodness. Meanwhile, wow. this egg magnet in Russia has full-time um, security now uh, guarding him because he's worried that somebody else will try to assassinate uh, maybe him. Maybe this is a, a naive question, but is the egg magnate a supporter of Vladimir Putin? Don't know. Okay. All right. Well, don't know if he is or not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I imagine if he's not, maybe he wouldn't. Maybe he's going to get scrambled yeah. uh, in a hurry. Okay. Okay. Are you one of these crazy people who does these crazy stunts? This is the one that I don't totally understand. 
But there were people all over the world who do this every year. They want to celebrate New Year's in two different time zones. So they purposely get on these flights that a number of the airlines <laughs> offer where you can like begin your day in Australia and end it somewhere on the other side of the world. So you get to celebrate New Year's twice. Uh, one of them was a United Airlines flight. The whole idea is to say I traveled back in time on New Year's right. Eve. It was flight uh, United Airlines Flight 200. It was originally scheduled to depart from Guam at 7.35 on January 1st, 2024, and land in Honolulu at 6.50 p.m. on December 31st, 2023. Mm-hmm. Essentially, going back in time so you could celebrate New Year's twice. So this was one of, I found, seven flights that offered this deal. Purposely done, by the way, because there's so many people who are interested in this, traveling back in time. Unfortunately, because of the way flights work these days, the flight was delayed, and they ended up not getting there on time. So they had paid this enormous sum to go from Guam to Hawaii, but they actually ended up getting there after New Year's. All right. Well, I mean, look, I feel bad for them, especially they paid all that money to do something fun like that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know that I kind of totally get the novelty. I mean, when uh, George Weber and I produced a New Year's Eve special one year, it was a four-hour show, and we celebrated New Year's in four different time zones and that was, uh, you know, that was it was kind of cool. But right. to go to all the effort and expense of actually traveling to do so, I mean, I don't know. I will tell you this. Uh, it was more successful for the six other flights that offered this deal. They all made it to their time zones on time. And those passengers on board who had paid this premium to do so were able to celebrate New Year's twice. Okay. All right. Okay. Not too bad. Now, I don't get this. I understand. I, would, I might do this for Thanksgiving. Like the idea of celebrating Thanksgiving twice, right? There's something in it there. You get a whole nother meal, you know, stuffing the whole works. But New Year's, I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just counting down, <laughs> right? What's the big deal? You get drunk whatever day of the year it yeah, is. Exactly. Oh my. Well, God bless you. Different strokes for different folks. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Noam. And now you know the rest of the story. All right, Frank in Highlands has been waiting a while. Let me uh, get to him because, you know, he's been on hold. Hello there, Frank. Wow, I thought uh, I, I, I started writing for uh, texting. But in any case, uh, dashing, uh, DoorDash. I mean, it's uh, helping a lot of people make money. And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm doing it for a month now. Of course, I have a construction company, and I'm um I really don't need to do it, but it's it's exciting, and I just wanted to ask you, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could go through Alaska, and I don't know if we have to build a bridge or what, and actually drive uh, to Europe, to through Russia, through all these places. Of course, we're in more peaceful times. Well, I mean, I think um, I think you lost me, uh, Frank. I mean, I don't even understand the question you're trying to ask, actually. Okay, so uh, uh, like my son is right now in the Mediterranean, uh, and I, I I'm, I'm going to take a flight and visit him, um, and we're still deciding if he's going to come here or if I'm going to go there. But we have to see each other because it's almost two years, and we're very close. Um, 
Uh, so what is, and, and I've been driving. I've been driving uh, DoorDash and uh, finding so many wonderful people. By the way, there are younger people who are so strong and in shape, and so uh, you know. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't dog uh, these young kids. Uh, I would say eleven year olds. Uh, should be lawmakers in in this culture because uh, because um, you know 2024 is here and 2024 uh, is uh, the year that we're going to end these wars. You know I love Jewish people. I have family, delight family who are Jewish, and uh, Mari Stoudemire for one, for example is one of my heroes. But I played the song from John Lennon. All we are asking are, you know, give peace a chance, and you should play that on the show. But do you know I was accused of being anti-Semitic because I played that song? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I was in Washington Square Park. Of course, I was in the center when I called out, you know, and I've made a partner with the graphic artist because my artwork is is um is hard to and by the way the driving like i did uh uh seven hours today of driving Mm -hmm. and it's so exciting it's like a video game of course you've got to be conservative to drive it and i i just want to throw this at you that maybe trump okay there's a possibility but i think it's more like going to be camellia and we're going to end these wars. Twenty twenty. I, I hope so. I hope wars. so, Frank. I hope so, Frank. Uh, best of luck in uh, in meeting up with your son again. Thanks for listening, as always. I appreciate your patience in um, in getting on the air. All right, uh, we're going to do fifteen seconds of fame coming up in just a bit. 800-848-9222. If you want to participate, eight hundred eight four eight. 9222. Want to wish uh, not only a happy birthday to Vinny Gentili and my uncle Joe. You know, it's funny. I don't know why that story of, uh, you know, one of the callers recently reminds me of another caller. When I was on another radio station, this caller used to call me every week. Tony may remember this fella, but he called in as Uncle Joe. That's what he called himself. That was his moniker that he gave himself. Kind of like how some people think I gave myself the moniker Superstar, which I didn't. Valleys did. But... Uh, Uncle Joe would call in every week, and he was he was not drunk, but he sounded drunk. Every week he would call in, and he sounded drunk. And, you know, I, I think he probably had an issue that caused him to sound that way. I don't know what it was. The guy was a nice guy, but it would take him forever to get to his point. Forever, right? So I um, wouldn't go to him first, second, third fourth, fifth, you go to him after a while. So, in any event, I'm on the radio. This is when I was doing Sunday mornings. And um, the telephone talent coordinator says, well, uh, I see on the screen, it says Uncle Joe. And I said, oh, that's that guy, Uncle Joe in Clifton that calls I'm not going to go to him. We're almost out of time, and he's going to take him forever to tell a story. And then so immediately after the show, my Uncle Joe, who's my actual Uncle Joe, whose birthday it is today uh, at 80, he texts me or calls me and says, hey, why didn't you go to my call? I was on hold for a while. And I said, I didn't know that it was you. I thought it was this guy that calls himself Uncle Joe. So I told him, what you have to do is 
going forward, you have to tell whoever answers the phone that it's Frank's actual Uncle Joe, not the um, person that calls himself Uncle Joe. So there you have it. And uh, from then on, he did. Although he didn't really call much after that. So so that's, uh, that's a true story. True story. All right. 800-848-9222. We'll do 15 seconds of fame. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. who narrowly missed a couple of different wins for um, a Frankie Award this year. We certainly miss him. Hey, uh, by the way, I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't mention another um, milestone birthday today. My friend Joe Fiore, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, he has a milestone birthday today. Uh, He is turning 40. So uh, happy birthday to you, Joe Fiore. Uh, Joe did not get uh, any of his musical selections pick but that's because he is a fan of all these obscure country artists that we that we've never heard of quite frankly so uh even the ones we've heard of we don't necessarily have a uh, in our in our repertoire there but he's a great guy he is uh, an EMT at uh, Richmond University Medical Center where which is a great hospital it's where my son was born and uh, where when it was named something else I was born there as well. So happy birthday, uh, Joe Fiore. If anybody sees Joe today, wish him a happy birthday. All right. I'm going to do 15 seconds of fame in a moment. We um, Tomorrow, we're going to resume our conversations with uh, Brian Kilmeade. Looking forward to chatting with him. Quite a bit happening on the presidential race. We're just a couple of weeks away from Iowa, and we are just, we're coming down the wire here. In this presidential race, it's going to be very interesting to see where where things go from here. But uh, I am um, curious to get his take on a bunch of different issues because, you know, he's he's had a couple of days to rest with the holidays and everything. And now, as B.B. Uh, Rebozo said of Richard Nixon, he's tan, rested, and ready. So we'll get his take on everything that's happening. Also, uh, I've been doing pretty well in this football pool, so I'll give you my football picks tomorrow as well. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to be heard for 15 seconds. The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Mike! Good morning, Frank. As a voting member of the first annual Frankies, I must say, the after parties were phenomenal. I attended five. The champagne was flowing. The flashbulbs were popping. My head will be spinning till June. Mark. 
Frank, uh, I want to recommend to you in the audience a very funny comedian named Steve Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. I follow him on Instagram. He uh, said the other day that uh, Elon Musk wanted to buy the FBI for $40 billion, but the Clintons turned him down. <laughs> Rocco. Good morning, Frank, Matt, and Gnome. Great call from Jerry on boxing. I know boxing. Iron Ambition by my cousin Mike Tyson. Read the book or audible 19 hours about boxing, about my uncle. Cuss, great book. All right, Rocco. Give your brother Joe our best, okay? Uh, Robert. Everyone, watch the movie. Wild in the Streets. Letting children vote. How society devolves. Into anarchy and lawlessness. You're such a gadfly, Frank. Larry. Conserving only $340 billion of income for annual payments to principal will pay off $34 trillion of congressional debt abuse in 100 years. Ask Brian Kilmeade if he'd economize more. Alfredo. After Framorano, I think the best radio it's uh, Anthony Winner. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pete. Hey, Frankie, how you doing? You got the best show on radio. Hey, Frank, I got a question since you're talking about uh, the election and Trump and all that. I was wondering, you're a historian, Frank. Tell me, ask Frankie, let me, tell me the truth. If this here was 1860, which side do you think would Trump be on, the Confederacy or the Union? Well, I mean, I look at the states that voted for him, right? Where did the most of them end up? I, I, just, I can't seem to recall. Jim. You have the best voice in radio. I mean, if you're going to say that, Jim, please take more than 15 seconds. Rusty. Yeah, question. When, when Sid uh, promotes them bomb movies, who gets paid? The station or he does? Mike. Sizzle moron, sizzle moron, sizzle moron, sizzle moron, sizzle. I miss that guy. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad he's back. Glad he's still listening. Uh, I think. I think we'll end it on uh, on that note. Um, you know, sometimes people just stop calling. Sometimes you know, someone asks me, "Oh, I haven't heard, um, haven't heard uh, Tom from the Bronx in a while, or uh, Carol from uh, New Jersey, or from other folks." And you know, you don't know what happens to a lot of folks unless someone calls. Um, I have no idea or uh, reaches out to me or emails. I have no idea if someone, um, God forbid, passes away or ends up in the hospital. So I would appreciate it. And, I, and I'm not being facetious here. I think the audience would appreciate it. If you're a regular contributor to this show, a regular listener to this show, I think people would appreciate it if you included as part of your end of life planning some notification to what becomes of you. Because and, and I'm not joking here. You know, radio really is like a family. And a lot of the people that we become used to hearing on a daily basis, including including the Sid the Moron guy, quite frankly, they really do become a part of our lives. And when all of a sudden they just disappear, you wonder what becomes of them, right? And at least I do when on the shows that I listen to. You don't know if they just stopped calling, if they moved, if their hours changed, what the story is. All right. Tomorrow... Uh, we're going to try and talk with, no, we're going to talk with Brian Kilmeade. I've been trying to get a hold of this Lennon murder truth guy as well. I, I am eager. This is the guy he's called in a bunch of times before who claims that Stephen King actually killed John Lennon on the record. I do not believe that. 
but I kind of tend to think it was Mark David Chapman. But I'm curious why he's devoted so many years of his life, so many hours of study to this. So we'll get into that and a whole lot more. Uh, Some new news out of the Middle East, uh, some new alien stuff as well. Fun stuff tomorrow. Frank Moreno, good day.